0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitstairs, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It's Thursday the 7th of September. Great to be with you. Bright and early once again. Not from TW11, far from it. In fact, very far from it. I'm across the Welsh border in the beautiful ancient county of Montgomeryshire at Yorton Farm, ahead of the Gough's Yorton Sale. As I promised you yesterday, it is a sale with a real difference, where the sales house comes to a private farm and offers up a whole bunch of beautifully bred national hunt two-year-olds it's the brainchild of the man who runs this place david futter who is uh, who is with me now there, there's very few people in this world that i i would get up at four o'clock having gone to bed at midnight to come and see but you are definitely one of them because this is a uh, as i'm sure the supporters of this Goffs would like to say a sale like no other David to, to borrow a tagline from somewhere else. How's it all going?
1: Oh, it's great and Nick, thank you so much once again for the great support of sales and getting up early and tripping down here, is, uh, we do appreciate it. and it's, yeah, it's lovely to hold the sale, we've had lots of people come in yesterday was the first day we did a, we've done a show before, show of horses in the afternoon before the sale very good, well supported. It's been, yesterday there was people from France, Germany Island. i from the UK here, so uh, I know. Uh, I know you don't sort of like making
0: this about you, but it it is a personal endeavor because it's something that you brought about to try and sort of slightly change the way we conceive of, of, of bringing forward and selling national Hunter horses. Just give people an idea of the kind of of the level of risk that you are you are taking here. I'm not asking you to tell me how much you spent on yeah. all these horses, but what you go out and do, and then what you need to do to make this viable. Yeah, it's it's. It's
1: really anyone who buys and sells horses, it's, it's high risk, but it's probably we, we put everything in um, to the one day. We do sell horses throughout the year, but really, this is our showpiece. And this for us, this after today, this will tell us where we're going and what we're doing, or we are we how much we can reinvest, you know, where we can go with the farm. So it's, it's a big thing, it's, it's but really, it's in it, we need money, we need money to pay the bills, but that isn't. What's the drive behind this? The drive behind this is to create something different, to change the goalposts, to get us to be competitive for UK breeders, to get us to be competitive, that we can compete with the French and the Irish, and you know, both the French and the Irish come and help us, they support us, but breaking in young horses and doing something different with them has got to be good for the horses, even if even if you're break, breaking them in at yearlings and two-year-olds for national Horn and three they might not still race to four or five and some will race earlier but just doing something with them and I think when I first started this 10 years ago the vast majority of people in the industry now realize that it is a benefit to do it and it's you know we're not we're not reinventing the wheel or anything I think everyone knows and we're here with the team it's it's a driving force behind what we do.
0: A massive team here as well now built it up and you're selling a lot of nice horses today so what you try and do is you're if you make a little bit more with each sale, you then go and spend a bit more on the quality yeah, of the stock it's, it's for next all, year.
1: It's all once we've covered our X's, everything's thrown. There's you know there's there's nothing banked away anywhere. It's all thrown back in, into the kitty to, to develop the show, get better stock. We're getting better at what we think um, the market requires. We're getting better at what horses we think win races. I mean, you know we've got seventy odd percent have um, been one or place of ill horses that run. There's been five. Graded Grade One horses come through this place in the last six years, you know. So, so we're not—I'm not saying we're vested, but we're not fools at this. We're, we're doing okay at it, and uh, I think the fact, the calibre of um, clients we can see walking around the sales complex today. Tells us we're hopefully we're moving in the right direction Yeah all the all the bigwigs are here Well you're here Nick so come on <laughs> I didn't want to say
0: anything David thank you very much I mean listen it's, You know it is the Irish Champions Festival this weekend Yes And we're beginning this show by talking about a two year old National hunt sale. I know <laughs> it's a- this, is, this is where we transition
1: David
0: <laughs> Back to the flat Back to the weekend Irish Champions Festival and the big-name horse in the Irish Champions Stakes. Well, you'd have thought at the beginning of the season it might be August Roda. You might have even thought it might be Nash. Well, they're both in there. In fact, the horse on everyone's lips seems to be king of steel. The Derby runner-up, the King George third, a horse with real quality and potential. He's been ridden this season by Kevin Stott, the retained rider to Keir Drobjian's Ammo Racing. I've been speaking to him, and I began by asking him just how excited he was by this horse relative to the others that he's ridden in his career, and why?
2: Um, I think Nick. Um, for me personally, um, he's a little bit different because I've he, he's the first proper middle distance horse um, that I've, I've got to set on, um, on. Sorry, in, in group ones, you know. Um, he's obviously a little bit different to to other horses in that he's so big. Um, but then again, so quick, and um, I think that kind of kind of makes him a bit unique, you know.
0: Do you think his size has fooled us a little bit? In insofar as we're kind of conditioned to think big, galloper not slow as such, but stayer that he's actually deceptively fast. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that could be the case.
2: Um, you know, he's obviously trained um to to kind of be that kind of horse um but he does have a lot of, of natural speed um which is why the drop to, to drop back down to 10 furlongs uh you know um quite excites me a little bit if you know what i mean
0: i know exactly what you mean um do you still look back at that derby and think damn it i wish i'd held on a bit longer or do you think nah, I might have just been outstayed. Yeah, no,
2: my 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 instant reaction, you know, was was thinking that I should have obviously waited a bit. bit but those split second decisions, you know, are, are something that we need to take, and I, I did at the time. And looking back now. um I wouldn't have changed anything um you know the more I watch it, the more we probably did get out you know. but then again had we ran in the dancey, had, we had a run under his belt uh, you know i it's 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 so hard to say um so we'll never know, but he's definitely not short of speed, and um. He's got a very quick turn of foot, and I just definitely think we got outstayed a little bit in the king george um you know an and then ten gallop against them all the horses just found us found found us out a little bit um and yeah it's left us down to nice tracks the short running and um i th- I think that should suit him right?
0: So you think that short running will will play to his turn of speed do you so if you, you feel that of all the horses in the race he actually has the capacity to quicken up best
2: yeah no, I think so i mean listen august Roland he obviously stays very well um so I could imagine as you know it'll be it'll be a, a nice run. Fast run mine in the quarter, I'd say. Um forgot short to t- obviously try and outstay us a little bit. Um, but I still think that that King of Steel has got that turn of foot that should hopefully suit us um,
0: at, at, at least Let's talk about Buccaneer of Fuerte, aboard whom you won a a group one last time. Big moment for you, big moment for him, big moment for ammo racing. I thought I was very struck by the way you rode him in the in the Phoenix States because I thought you made your mind up from about halfway that you needed to really make loads and loads of use of him. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Um is the the pacemaker in the race kind of didn't work out, um, so I had to just make my own mind up. But in a hundred yards. Um, and he's so straightforward that was um you know and we've always thought it was a 7 furlong miler um so i wanted to make sure that it was a proper test um especially on that on that ground it was a bit dead that day um and i think he outstayed unquestionable in the race before um which is why I was adamant to go out and, and make sure we went a nice gallop. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of made my mind up halfway and, and, and
0: kicked him kicked him in the belly and um, yeah, kind of played a bit. Catch me if you can, if you'd like to say it like that. Um, can you do that against a horse like City of Troy, do you think, or are you going to have to change your game? I mean, obviously a little bit of the tactics will be coming into, coming into play, I think.
2: Um would have to see where we're drawn, etc. Um, but I wouldn't be wanting to hold him up and and, and try and, and and ride him for a turn of foot if if you know um, he's 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 a high cruising speed um, and yeah, I, I kind of it kind of depends. Um, what, what's going to happen? But you know, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't try and rely on his turn of foot because he's just a, a, a galloper and, and, and got very high cruising speed. So um, it would be interesting to see um, what will happen um, pace-wise and stuff. So, um, but like when... when Obviously making the running on him the last day, he was very relaxed Um and he's very straightforward. So if if that's what I'll have to go and do again, then I wouldn't be afraid of doing so, you know.
0: And Kevin, finally, for you, if I'd said to you 12 months ago, this is the position that you'd be in and you'd be there, Irish Champions weekend, in the thick of it, in the spotlight, what would you have said?
2: Hmm. I'd probably have laughed a bit, Nick, to be honest with you. Um, no, I was like... Obviously, when we decided, well, and I decided to go freelance, and, and and me and Megan decided to move down south to to give it a go, and and then being um, asked by Kia only a couple of months later to to ride his horses was obviously um, was a big thing, um, and I obviously said yes to the to the job, knowing that there could be these kind of uh, potentially these kind of horses uh, to to be to be written. Um and luckily enough we these horses came along and um yeah, they've definitely um they definitely put my career on an on an upward um path, you know. I'm 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 writing some very nice horses and um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy where my uh my career's gone and like you say had you asked 12 months ago if I would have been in Ireland um, at the weekend I, I would have said definitely not but um, yeah no it's 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 nice um, going and riding very good horses in very good races because um, that's where that's what you want to do that's where you want to be and uh, yeah it's it's very exciting and um, it, it's something to look forward to that's for sure
0: and listening to that interview with Kevin Stott, and with an eye on the rest of today's news, checking in with Rishi Passad back in the back in the metropolis. Rishi, Ooh. what did you make of of Kevin's remarks there? First on on King of Steel, whom he feels has the superior turn of foot in this field, and actually believes the shortness of the straight at Leopardstown could suit this long striding horse. It's a I thought it was a very interesting take. His his feeling that 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 horse, he was a horse with deceptive
3: pace. Uh, well, I think he has got a turn of foot, but so far that turn of foot has been very effective over a mile and a half, um, and effective against the three-year-olds less so in the, uh, King George where he was left, probably outstayed at the end of a a grueling race by Hookham and and Westover. Um, so I'm, I'm, i I think King of Steel's obviously very good. Um, but I still think there's a little bit to prove over 10 furlongs against the very best. Uh, 10 furlong horses around Um, yeah and also he he's he's clearly he's (laughs) there's a lot to like about him but I think at the price that he is for the Irish champion stakes I just feel that there are better alternatives you know obviously you've got an uh, Ernesto who ran in the race last year I thought you know his comeback run was really good that puts him bang in there I like the prospects of Al Riffa who ran well behind Ace Impact uh yeah, I am just not entirely sold yet on King of Steel over ten fernals. I might be proven uh very wrong.
0: Likely. Our, our 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 colleague and friend uh, Graham Cunningham pointed something interesting out to me earlier in the week, which is that no horse in very recent memory had won the Irish Champion Stakes, having never won a group one race previously. Can you I mean you may you may have heard mm. him say this elsewhere, mm. but I don't know if you know this. Do you know the last horse to win the race having
3: having not won a group one? The last horse to win the Irish Champion having not won a group one? Yeah. Not off the top of my head. No. I mean you'll remember the horse. Give me a, give me a clue. We might well,
0: I certainly was at school at the time.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: You you might have might have been a bit beyond that. Um <laughs> I'll give you a clue. And okay. this is all Graham's work. This is all Graham's work, mine. Mollers racing. Pretty big. Moller's
3: thing. racing. Having never won a Group 1 mm-hmm. a Moller's Racing Horse.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, horse was near as near to black as you could possibly be, I think.
2: Oh,
3: God. I'm just thinking all the good Moller's horse. Uh, there was obviously Pentire, Tino's. Yeah, Stone. you got it.
0: You got it. What? Pentire. Pentire? Pentire he was won the, the Ar- last oh, you
3: won, Yes, you won the Irish champion as a three-year-old. He got beaten in the King George by Lam-Tara. Yeah,
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. So he was a pretty damn good horse. Yes. There you go. Wow. So he Good was the knowledge. last one. So anyway, there you are. There's a, a little bit of a, a Oh well didn't point he win the
3: King on. Edward? Yes. He won the he King Edward he, as well. He won, Royal he won,
0: Ascot. he won loads, but he, he didn't they didn't run him in the Derby. Anyway, that's by the by. Um sorry. What about what about Nashua? And is she being somewhat overlooked given how well she ran at York?
3: Yes, I, I totally agree she's been overlooked. I mean, you yeah. know. Mosterdaff and Paddington have been the two best horses over a mile and a quarter this year, you would have to argue. Mosterdaff's two wins have been brilliant. Paddington has been one of the best stories of the year, and his performance in the Eclipse over 10 furlong suggests that he is a top-class horse over that distance as well. And Nashua rolled into the race looking like a live threat to Mosterdaff late on, um, and she fits right in with them. So I'm surprised she's not shorter. Uh, that's what I mean I genuinely think that King of Steel's price is too short and I think there are a number of alternatives that you can include in the mix what about
0: Kevin Stott's assessment also tactically that he wasn't going to rely on Buccaneers Fuerte's turn of foot in the national stakes and and could that race be a real war at the trip given how Ryan Moore's been riding City of Troy
3: I like the idea of what it's going to be judged on what kevin's saying the fact that he's going to try and stretch city of troy and as you say ryan moore rode city of troy pretty aggressively at newmarket but i think probably i feel that city of troy the way he finished the race ryan doesn't need to to press him into action too soon he can just sit behind of Fuerte. i've got to be honest nick i mean the prices obviously suggest it i think city of troy will blitz them i, I think he is out of the very very top drawer I, I, he might be something special yeah,
0: and the plans at the moment. What did he say? Then come back a furlong for the middle part to keep the speed in him. Go to well, uh, Santa Anita and run him on the dirt, uh, just mm. to see whether they might have a Kentucky Derby horse on their hand and really strengthen, strengthen, justifies already incredibly strong hand this season. Yeah. So that's that's to look forward to. I'll tell you what else is to look forward to at the Curra on Sunday, and that is the Flying Five Stakes, uh, Highfield Princess Bradsell Round Three. But chuck into the mix a horse who seems to be a completely different animal when he goes to World. Ireland, where his record in group races is unimpeachable. Art power running for trainer, trainer Tim Easterby. And I asked him why he seemed to be a completely different beast when crossing the Irish Sea.
4: Uh, I'm not sure, but he's in very good form. I think maybe the ground and the track suits him. And it's just uh, just that little bit kind of maybe the, ground, the track for him. I don't know what it is. He just seems to... Uh... He just seems to love the currer, you know. It's like any us, like in like in certain tracks, you
0: know. And and it's it's not so much just that he finishes off his race so well. It's just the way he the way he seems to tank through his races when he's there as well. It's as though almost he breathes the air and suddenly <laughs> grows another hand or whatever.
4: Yeah, he must think he's back home because that's where he was bred. So <laughs> uh, it's really, maybe the language. <laughs> I, I,
0: I know he's clever, Tim, but you know, um, when you look at the race Sunday, do you think he can win it?
4: Um, well he's in in good order. Um, he ran a good race in France. I wasn't. I wouldn't say he was on the on his on the top of his form that day. He uh, lost a fair bit of weight when he came on from there. Um, and he Dave C just didn't fire the same, you know. But um, he's he's in good order and very well, and he's right for the race, you know. So I think he should have a great chance.
0: And it's interesting, because he's kind of had to chisel his way into people's affection by building up this amazing profile of group wins there. But the expectation bar was always high, wasn't it? You always thought he was very, very good.
4: Yeah, he was always a very good horse, you know. Um, You know, Ascot, he runs well, and he just seems to just struggle to get that last 100 yards there, you know. Um, Newmarket... He's run well there on, in the July Cup, you know. Um, York, he likes York, you know, but uh, it it just seems to suit him, you know. The whether it's at ground, a track, or don't know, but he's he's in good order again. So he's on his travels tomorrow morning.
0: Listen, you train hundreds of horses, and you know they all have to get out there and, and do a job. But to what extent is he kind of a real a real yard favourite?
4: Well, he's a wonderful little last because he's he's also he doesn't take a lot of work um, and he's a good doer. Shouts out for his grub. Uh, if he's not shouting out for his grub, he knows something wrong with him. So he's pretty easy to tell. And uh, he's uh, you know he's, he's just he's just one of the monsters. You wouldn't really know he's there. You know he's just he's just a proper racehorse. You know.
0: Well, I hope he's been shouting for his grub this week. It sounds like he's in great form. All the best for the car on Sunday, Tim. Thanks a lot. Great, thank you. All right. That was Tim Easterby on Art Power, who said he's eating up all his grub and he's as well as he's been. I don't think anyone's going to be begrudge him at Group 1, Rishi, are they? Um, I mean, no. if he's going to do it anywhere, it'll be there. But he's got formidable opponents.
3: No. And when you say the word begrudge, I mean, you never begrudge a horse at Group 1. But I know exactly what you mean. There are some you've horses. Right,
0: you've rightly called out a crappy cliche there, and I appreciate that.
3: No, because I do it as well quite often. But I know exactly what you mean, because there are some results. I think we we never quite say what we really mean. We try to be too polite. And sometimes when we see a result of a group one that we don't quite appreciate or believe to be true, we kind of doubt it afterwards. And some, you know, if we're art powered to say, say art power one, a group one, over in Britain, you'd be like, hmm, is that the best group one? But he's, he's a different horse in Ireland. Were he to win the Flying Five, you'd you you'd accept that, and that would be fine, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, although I do think that Highfield Princess and Bradsell, mm, I, I, I think both of them just got caught out by that brilliant start from Living the Dream in the Nunthorpe. I mean, it was, it was almost a fluke performance in the Nunthorpe, wasn't it? From Living the Dream. And I almost partly disregard what the winner did and look back, well...
0: I'm not sure it was a fluke performance. I think Living the Dream might have just stepped up a little bit on his previous efforts, used that blinding gate speed on a track that suited him. And I have a feeling neither Highfield Princess and Brazza were quite at their very best. I think the, t- the time rather bears that out. The time was poor, really, in the Nunthorpe, considering... You're talking fast ground at York. They should have been a bit quicker than that. Yeah, I th- walking uh, that- walking really late on. I,
3: I think I don't think the
0: filly really picked up like she can.
3: No, that was my perhaps immediate reaction after the race. I thought she would get closer.
0: And I think Bradsell Brad had poor, poor track positioning
3: as well. So I well, that was his. I think his major excuse, and that's why I, I think a couple of things just weren't quite right, which led me into believing that. That I'm not taking the result of the non-top at face value, mm.
0: though I though I do believe you know living the living the dream is a is a horse who I think they're doing the right thing. I think using gate speed is the right thing yes. going to America and and, and rolling yes. it up. And frankly, why not? They've won a ton of money.
3: Although, at- when you when you say the gate speed that living the dream has against european horses is something entirely different
0: mark johnson and i had a little bit of a debate about this on racing tv the other day i think his gate speed is more than comparable to most of those american turf sprinters i mean you look at horses like emiratiana got got away and highfield princess who's a good gate philly they got away plenty well enough on terms in the sprint last year and of course golden pal missed the kick so they're all sitting yeah. there looking for where golden pal is not realizing that caravels actually then got the run of the race so Yeah,
3: uh, it's just the advantage on that turf, the on we turf, have of here. Yeah, is negated, or is certainly is not as significant
0: in the states. No, but then the turf sprinters in the states oftentimes aren't aren't all that good anyway. So
3: fair, fair,
0: correct. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a good show, Rich. I don't know if you were listening to the podcast yesterday. We spoke a mm. bit about uh, the premierization plan, the fixture list for next year, and how long that would take to come to fruition. And for all that. The BHO were making positive noises a few weeks ago that it could be any time in the next few days. Listening to John Joe Sanderson from Weatherby and particularly the levy board chair, Paul Darling, yesterday, he was at pains to stress, you know, this is a process that requires careful scrutiny. And if you're going to deploy public funds and public money as you're appointed to do by the government, the levy board, they are not simply going to wave through anything that the industry and the BHA suggest unless they are convinced it is for the greater good of racing and that all our collective finances benefit from it. So um, it might be a little while yet. Meanwhile, the BHA chief executive, a couple of days ago, I talked about that parliamentary reception hosted by Newbury MP, Laura Farris. Um, She she spoke quite extensively. What do you draw or deduce from both her comments and those of Paul Darling's yesterday as regards how soon uh, British racing might be uh, ready for reform
3: well it appears that the, the plans to uh, introduce or at least announce the introduction formally of primerization and the fixtures regarding those uh, premier fixtures might be delayed i think it's understandable that uh, the levy board would want a, 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 as detailed and as much data as possible uh, having had the the privilege of seeing and hearing some of that data earlier in the year, I, I think there is enough there to suggest that this is a, an innovative and potentially useful concept for at least trialling in, in the new year with the new fixtures in 2024. Um, it, it appears to me, though, that there is still some convincing that needs to be done by the BHA, by the sport of horse racing to convince the, the levy board that this is a right the right investment for the future. I mean, just on the subject of premierization, Nick, I mean, when this was mentioned earlier in the year, it obviously appeared, I think for springtime, it obviously appeared at the time for someone like myself when I first heard about it. Well, it kind of exists already in the way that ITV, for example, cover racing on a Saturday. Um, that's exactly what they do at the moment. If you take last weekend uh, with Sandan, et cetera, you know, there were three meetings really that ITV sort of Premierise if you wanted. So it almost it almost exists already. It just needs fine-tuning, and it needs fine-tuning to be trialled. But what the hardest part of accepting the fine-tuning bit is that the, the likes of John Joe Sanderson the smaller race courses, are going to have to suck it up for a bit to see whether or not they can survive at least the trial period of premierization. And that's going to be a hard thing to do, I, I think, and that's where most of the consternation is going to come from in the long run.
0: All right. Well, as I said yesterday, we officially launched the nominations process for the Godolphin Thoroughbred Industry and Employee Awards. Uh, the ceremony will take place at an as-yet-undisclosed location in February. It'll be star-studded, and amongst my judging panel this year are the last two winners of this event. Paddy Trainer from two years ago, and last year's winner of the overall award, Sarah Guest, who's been a, a mainstay of John O'Shea's stable for many years now, Sarah joins me now. Sarah, I, I I always hope and like to think that winning this award has had some sort of seismic effect on the on the winner. I might be overstating it. Has your life changed at all since since last we spoke?
5: Changed dramatically, not day to day, because I still get up and do the horses and carry on with the day to day jobs that carry on the yard. But going and doing some TV appearances and um just open more doors i've also helped out with the racing development program and taking on courses doing that and got my level one coaching course now so i can go out and coach two members of the team on the yard and go to my level two and sort of open up to new yards as well so it's been fantastic opportunity which wasn't expected from winning the awards
0: yeah well i mean i think you know for the one thing that the that the judges really really felt last year was that it wasn't just the way you cared for these horses so passionately, particularly during a period when John was unwell, but also the way you just really enjoyed marshalling the team and just sort of loved kind of being that person that people could could really look to 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 further their own their own careers. It, it, it strikes me that horses or no horses, you'd have always got a buzz out of that sort of thing.
5: Oh, I love it. I mean. The young girl I used to in on the yard she just got her amateur licence, had her first ride um, last week and I rode every stride with her through the race. I'm so proud of her, of what she's come and done just with her commitment um, in the yard for just over the past 18 months. Never dreamt when she came that she'd get to this standard and she's gone and smashed it. It's just amazing. I love the staff. I take them all under my wing and sort of help them find their path. In the industry, what's suitable for
0: them? So it's all very well me banging on about getting everyone to nominate their employees or their friends for the Godolphin Awards, but you've been there, you've been in the process, and you came through and won from a, a smallish yard as well. Um, I'm going to leave the floor open to you to tell people why they they should nominate and how they should do it.
5: Yeah, oh, didn't realize that was a big effect it would have on us coming from as you said a small yard a little dual purpose yard it was lucky it was my first nomination uh didn't expect it to happen but it's just to show the staff whether it's coming from a trainer another member of staff an owner just the appreciation of how special they are and what they mean that you can go and nominate them and show your appreciation because without this behind the stable staff and the stud staff as well um, it's just amazing that they've got these opportunities that they can be appreciated.
0: I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? As you say, it, it's, it doesn't have to be a trainer. It doesn't have to be a head lad or a, an assistant. It could be an owner of a horse who just recognises the contribution a member of a member of staff has made.
5: Oh, definitely, yeah. No, it's open for anyone to nominate. I mean, um, anyone who sees another member of staff and has helped them or shown them the right sort of way, then it's take that advantage now and nominate and show your appreciation for them.
0: Sarah, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations again last year. Looking forward to having you as part of the judging panel this time around.
5: Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't wait to be part of the judging panel and just seeing like who's been nominated and the inspiration and the stories behind them.
0: All right, thanks to Sarah and to all my guests today. Rishi is still with me and is going to give you a tip. And his last two selections on this podcast of one. Seastone uh, at a big price, Rish, as well, and yeah. unlimited. That you said was a certainty, and was so. You know, you're setting yourself up. Yep. Yeah. some might say for a fall. I would say for a for a hat trick,
3: glory. Yeah, glory. Come in, come in, coming off your long runner uh, run. Come on, always, <laughs> always, and then pause in the delivery action before nowadays. Before I can get through. Yeah, um, I I'm going for Mia Harris, Nick. She is the favorite for the Dick Pool. Um, at salisbury today she's two from two very impressive in the way she picked up from a uh, a tough position uh mid-race uh at newbury when she won second time up um she's drawn in stall 15 which is a little bit of a concern but she is a hold up horse and she settles nicely in behind so i'm not too concerned i think they'll go a decent pace and uh i think she, she's very good i think she might be a group one philly anyway
0: all right Rich. thanks so much what are you up to over the weekend <laughs>
3: Haydoc on Saturday off to Ireland, recording a couple of new subjects for Racing Greats next week. Are
0: you allowed on well, Racing TV?
3: I've got a bit of a sneak,
0: I've got a bit of a sneak inside preview of who they are. Are we allowed to say yeah. or not?
3: Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's good, good publicity.
0: Kevin Prendergast, is he you- one
5: of them?
3: No. Oh. No. They're both riders. I
0: thought he was.
3: No, they're both riders. And they are. I've both been put away genuine. by your producer.
0: Um, Michael Michael Cannan. Correct. And Johnny Murter? No. Jumps. Jumps right. Oh, Ruby Walsh.
3: Yes. Mick Kinnan, Mick Kinnan, Kinnan Ruby Walsh. Walsh. I mean, well. genuinely, we these programmes last about an hour and a half, Nick. Uh, how you're going to fit in the career of Ruby Walsh or the horses that Ruby Walsh has ridden in his career and Mick Canan has ridden in his career into an hour and a half I'm not sure we're we're begging for more time from said producer yeah Um, well like this program Rish
0: it requires a good editor so with that (laughs) goodbye (laughs) and there you are in a puff of smoke Rishi Passad was gone to be replaced here at Yorton Farm by the group chief executive of Goffs Henry Beebe I mean, let's face it, Henry. You do a lot of hard work during the year, but this is a fun day.
6: Oh, it's a great day. It's a great day because it's a different day. We're in the middle of Wales. Well, not in the middle of Wales, but we're in Wales. And uh, from a golf's point of view, it's a pr- it's a proud moment. Every moment's a proud moment. When we take the rostrum, but uh, we hold now hold twenty five sales in ten different locations, and. They're all highlights, but this is this is different. As you say, it's unique. It's fun. We had a great party last night. Dave and his team—they just—they've got an infectious enthusiasm that make you want to to do well. So we're looking forward to a big day from one o'clock. We've got uh, forty-six horses. We're going to present thirty-seven two-year-olds, nine yearlings. Uh, it's a Grade One winning producing sale now, and it's a sale that is. Like we call the London sale that you come to a sale like no other. This is also a sale like no other other one.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Great. That's why I'm at both of them. Exactly. I, <laughs> exactly. I, I know, and I they're, know. they're
6: just as enjoyable in their own unique
0: way. Yeah, like water finds its course. Yes. You, 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 know, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, you're also, Actually, while we've been sitting here in the last hour or so, I've seen Harold Kirk. I've seen uh, Tessa Greatrex. I've seen Bertrand LeMetier. I've seen Gabby Lenders. I've seen Amanda home. Uh, anyone who's anyone, pretty Tom much, Malone. is here. Tom Malone, we've seen walking past as well. They're all they're all in the building. Jerry Hogan.
6: Well, you know, we again another another uh, soundbite we had a few years ago for one of our sales was it's a serious source of quality, and that could be applied to the Orton sale now. Yeah, it's got a record. People know they're going to get good horses. People know they can get Grade One winners, and that's why they're here because they, it's quality.
0: Of course, yeah. In the pocket, we were speaking about at the beginning of the show and yesterday with George Stanners, of course. Uh, let's talk about your next venture. Uh, because you are off to Ascot, I think for the
6: first time on the racecourse. Yep, the yep. first time we've we've um, we've worked with Ascot Racecourse and uh, British Racing Series, British Champion Series, I should say, and Kipco. Uh, on Kipco British Champions Day, we're going to hold a about a dozen horses, quality horses in training, from the winners' podium before the richest day of racing in Britain. Uh, and it's a unique venture. and We're, we're honoured to have been appointed by Ascot Racecourse, British Champion Series and Kipco to conduct this sale. It's a new venture. It's a new dawn and it's very exciting. And we're going to build on, we're trying to build on what we've done at the, at the pre, pre-Royal Ascot London sale, um, which is produce horses of real quality. You know, the Golfs London Sale has sold the highest priced uh, horses in training at any European Horses in training sale the last couple of years, and it's a it's 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 an exciting venture, and it's, it'll be another it'll be another one that's like no other. It'll be quite unique, and it's going to be a big day, Frankie's last day. I think
0: have you got any big names yet? So have you?
6: No, we only announced the sale yesterday, and so we've we're, we are talking to a number of people but about. But do you some have to put little horses.
0: do you have to put little feelers out before you go and do something like that? Do you have to say right? Is there an appetite? Is that could I get a big big name? Could I get a Group One horse? Could I get this? Could I get that? Otherwise
6: the trouble is if you ask if you ask you know well Nick if you ask six people for an opinion and you get th- four different opinions you then insult the people that you don't listen to so we tend we do do a little bit of background work a little mm. bit of sound bite, sound bite, and, and you know vox pops as it were the shoot but first we ask to, questions later yeah exactly yeah. we tend to go with our instincts you know we've been doing it for a while you know Goss has been going since, since 1866 uh, I've been doing what I'm doing for 40 odd years not quite that long and not quite that long not that old despite the grey hair but um so, yeah, it's it's an instinct thing, but it's also chatting. I mean, I, we we engaged with with Ascot when we were talking about the London sale. I went to meet the new chief executive, Alastair Warwick, because I hadn't met him before. And it was a sort of conversation that evolved out of a conversation that evolved out of a chat. And then it was, what about this? Could we do this? Would you like the sound of this? And it's a collaboration. It's a partnership with Ascot Racecourse and British Champion Series and the likes of Rod Street, David Redvers, and everybody have been really helpful.
0: Right. Henry, thank you so much. You've got work to do. You're going to go off and sell some horses and hopefully sell them well here at Yorn. Thanks so much for your time today.
6: Well, I hope I will sell them well, not hopefully. No, no, no. I know I will. That's what I like. (laughs) Tell you what, he's talking a good game. Good horses sell 10 o'clock in the morning. Good horses sell themselves.
0: Good party last night, clearly. Right, that's it. That's us done for today, live from Yorton Farm. That was Thursday, September the 7th. We'll be back... I was going to say first thing in the morning, but let's let's keep it realistic. We'll be back about mid-morning on on Friday because I'm staying here tonight to tell you how uh, how everything went. Uh, from all the team here, it's bye for now. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdare's, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.